0: Welcome to the Elliott Confidential Podcast. My name is Christopher Elliott, and I'm here with my sons, Aaron Elliott and Aiden Elliott. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing good. Awesome, awesome. And today, we are actually in Japan.
1: Yes, we are oh.
0: near Okayama,
1: but not really. around on the coast. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. We boarded uh, the Lindblad Resolution, or the National Geographic Resolution. It's the same same company yesterday in, near Okinawa and uh, sailed down here and we're now in a part of Japan that not a lot of tourists get to.
2: Yes, and we're on a boat and we're in the middle of going you know, from place to place. In Japanese that's Unko-chu desu. And we should say um, Aiden, you have been studying
0: Japanese or you have studied Japanese yes. because you're fascinated by Japanese culture. You used to watch a lot of anime and uh, you don't have a samurai sword collection, but every now and then uh, when we're together, I'll hear you say something in Japanese. And I, I swear, uh, since I don't speak any Japanese, that you're saying something derogatory about me or people around.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of derogatory terms. I
0: don't know, but one day I'll yeah. study Japanese and I'll figure it out.
2: Though, actually, I'll say this. there's There, there aren't really many terms in and of themselves, that are meant to be derogatory. There's just different levels of politeness, and you can decide to be more or less polite to people. We started talking about Japan
1: just now, but we also had some. We had this little bit of time when we were still in Thailand, mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about that yet. And we ended up staying at what is considered to be the most luxury resort in all of Thailand. I. You want to oh, fill yeah. us in on that.
2: Oh, the Mandarin yeah. Oriental, they they treated us like family there.
0: They that was an incredible experience the Mandarin Oriental.
2: Our f- it was almost as if we spent an extra day there because our flight left at midnight. Mm-hmm. And the, and they said well, we're, we're very heavily booked and usually your room is in high demand, but we've been able to move some things around, so your checkout is not at 10, it's at 6 p.m.
0: Yeah, we stayed in that room for a long time. Mandarin Oriental was an absolutely incredible experience. You know, they say that you, you save the best for last, and this was a really incredible yeah. uh, thing, mm-hmm. and, and um, this used to be, this was like the original Oriental Hotel then renamed the Mandarin Oriental. We had a chance to tour the old building, which has been restored. They have since added two new buildings. It's the only property I know that is on two different sides of a river. Yeah. They have the spa and this restaurant where they do uh, an authentic kind of Thai cultural heritage show and dinner.
1: Yeah.
0: And then they have the spa uh, on one side of the river. And then on the other side of the river, they have the hotel.
1: Yeah, this re- and this particular hotel, the Mandarin Oriental there in Bangkok, had probably the most number of restaurants uh, as out of any hotel in Bangkok. It had something like three restaurants on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. They had a direct transfer also to Iconseum, which surprisingly
0: it's a big shopping center across it, the st- of course the, we the went river. there.
1: We went there once. But I think in the second time, we enjoyed it more because we weren't looking for food. Yeah, and
2: towards, yeah, the, yeah, end, yeah. towards the end of our stay, we finally could see them. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yeah, the, uh, they have the, the most Michelin-starred restaurants I've ever seen at a hotel. They have two Michelin-starred restaurants, which is uh, really remarkable. And the food was incredible. The food mm-hmm. was really, really good. It's also
1: an historical hotel. So, a lot of famous writers were there, like, Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the last century. And this was back when Thailand was still
0: called Siam. Yeah, Joseph Conrad stayed there. Um, What would you say was the highlight of our visit to the uh, Mandarin Oriental?
1: Wow, well, the Mandarin Oriental, I have to say, it has... The best sense of style out of any hotel that we have yeah. stayed in, and this has been a long thread. So we've seen lots of luxury hotels in Bangkok.
0: Yeah, I think tea was amazing there. Oh, the they had the tea best is tea. Is the yeah. TWG tea? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and also the the show that they did at dinner. Oh yeah. The traditional, Taiwan, uh, Thai. thai. I'm, I'm getting Thai and Taiwan mixed up. Yeah, they the had traditional
0: like a Thai show. Like a cultural. Yeah. Show. Salarim Nam. They were yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting. So you have, you know this this fine, din- these fine dining experiences you have the cultural show you also have the hotel has one of the best hotel food in Bangkok from my experience at least
0: so here's something that I noticed about the Mandarin Oriental and staying at some other luxury hotels that I was covering is that they did the whole service thing without making you feel awkward at the Mandarin Oriental I found that oh, yeah you know they were just very they knew who you were they took good care of you without making you feel they weren't being stuffy or pretentious
2: yeah mm-hmm. that's the, the there's a balance and i think mm-hmm. we talked about this in previous podcasts before but there's two ends of it one is they make you feel like you're not supposed to be there that's sort of the luxury brand approach like, if you go inside of a Louis Vuitton, apparently, now we haven't been inside of a Louis Vuitton in a long time. Not in a last, while, yeah. Last time we were in a Louis Vuitton was in Orlando, yes. and we were there to find the most expensive thing, which I was young enough to get away with that back then. But they make you feel like you're not supposed to be there to yeah. make you buy things. I feel like that has happened in some hotels. And then there's others where they sort of grovel at your feet, and it's very awkward. Yeah. There's a bounce. And I would say Onantara and Mandarin Oriental have found that balance where they seem to be uh, very happy with what they're doing. They say they're they're like the best at what they're doing, and they also treat you very well.
0: We should skip to Onantara. I don't think we really talked that much about the elephant camp that we went to up in the Golden Triangle. But we went from Chiang Chang Rai. I'm sorry. <laughs> we went from Chiang Mai to Chiang Rai. I'm getting my Mai's and Rais mixed up. And then we went from there. It's a one hour drive from Chiang Rai up to the elephant camp right on the Golden Triangle. Mm-hmm. Golden Triangle is the border between Thailand, Laos, and Myanmar. We could not get into Myanmar and Laos was closed too because we didn't have the right paperwork. But we could literally walk over there. We could wade over there from the river. But there we were in this place. They call it the elephant camp. Why is it the elephant camp?
1: Oh, it's because they have the elephants stuck there. <laughs> stuck, so it's yes. an it's a, actually an elephant conservatory. Yes. And they do... They teach
2: them how to, how to play instruments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, right, right. It's an elephant conservatory. They play the trumpet. There you go. Yeah, right, right. Um, no, actually, what they do is they rescue elephants, and then they rehabilitate them, and then... They, you know, they use them for tourism purposes, yeah. you know? Rehab the elephants.
0: for like all the tourists. After they, they get off the Yeah, they the get drugs, off the drugs, then, <laughs> then, then just for tourism. Well, and you know, it's just the Golden Triangle, so yeah. I can yeah, imagine the o- they're sitting around smoking opium and like, yeah, All right, yeah. you elephants, quit it, quit the, it. The,
2: the ones that play the saxophones, that, those are the ones that <laughs> yeah, have that it's
0: problems. It's always the trombone players you gotta oh, watch yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. We stayed in... A, a bubble it's glamping basically where the elephants are uh, hanging out and eating and then you have a, uh, a like it's like a, a campsite but yes. it's a bubble so it's like an inflated bubble and you have a room inside there and yep. you hang out there and you watch the, the elephants
1: yes and you get to listen to the elephants shock themselves on the electric fence for fun yes
0: they do have mm-hmm. an electric fence and the elephants as far as we could tell they were playing with the electric fence. Yeah,
2: did you know that if you put um, people, actual humans, in a room with a button that shocks them when they press it, and you give them nothing else to do in that room, they will (laughs) eventually start to shock themselves for fun.
0: It sounds like the voice of experience there.
2: (laughs) I was the one that did the experiment in my basement.
0: Uh, You know, we never had a basement, that's interesting. Oh. That's the, your That's alternate no, it's reality, Pete Uncle Pete. Okay. Anyway, what did you guys think of the elephant camp? Um, it Was like a really different experience? Not yeah. at all like anything else in Thailand.
1: I mean, I really thought that they had a cool experience where you just uh, you followed the elephants, and yeah. they trained the so, uh, so the mahouts trained the elephants to some pretty cool things. If you don't know, the mahout is like just an elephant elephant guardian. Yeah. So. They got the elephants to do like goodbye. It, it, they're pretty well behaved, you know. Usually, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. touch them. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. The elephants are m- not very interested in humans. They're much more interested in eating things. Yes, they
0: eat. They spend something like 20 hours a day eating. As l- as long
1: ridiculous. as they're awake, they're eating. Yeah. So right. in order to get them to stay in, uh, to in order to get them to stay and sleep, uh, where the bubbles are, you actually have to give them just loads of food yeah. so you yeah, they have they're just the elephants are just sitting there and they're eating food so yeah and they're
0: very loud when they eat too
1: they oh yeah are.
2: we were standing in front of them and we were like is there an earthquake behind us are they walking towards us are they trying to crush us and then we're like oh no they're seeing yeah.
1: yeah yep yep so that was pretty fun
0: i i thought that was it was great um also noteworthy the lobby at the elephant camp is one of the most beautiful lobbies that i've seen in southeast asia truly magnificent. And again, the hospitality, the Thai hospitality is legendary. Mm-hmm. So if you make it up to that part of the world, uh, definitely check out the elephant camp if you can. I'm not sure if they allow outside visitors. I think I saw some outside visitors coming in just to check out the elephants. So maybe that's something, that if you re- even if you're not staying there. Mm. They also have just up the road, they have a Four Seasons. So if you have a little bit more of a budget, go stay at the Four Seasons. The cool thing is that you look across the river the uh, Mekong River and you see Laos and then it's the Ruak. You look across the Ruak River which is a tributary and you see Myanmar. It's like the forbidden um, country because you you can't really get in there as an American. Yeah because they're having a six-way civil war. Small civil war. If
2: you were fast on your feet you could probably run across the river real quick go in there take your picture I went to Myanmar then come back.
0: Uh, Actually we looked at a map we might have actually inadvertently gone into Myanmar because the border goes to one side of the river, and we were on that side of the river, except I really wouldn't count that as visiting a country because even though you were like technically in the country, you weren't really in the country, like you weren't experiencing a, a true civil war, authentic civil war. That brings us to this week's question. Have you ever traveled so much and been so confused with maybe an international day line or time difference that you wake up in the morning and you don't know which country you're in? It's happened to us so many times but I would like to hear about the country that you didn't know you were in when you woke up in your hotel bed. We did that, I think, in, uh, I know that I did that in Thailand a couple of times where I thought I was in Cambodia, but I was actually in Thailand when I woke up in the morning. So now we're in Japan, and yeah, we
1: got in yesterday, really early in the morning. It was a grueling flight. It was five hours, and it was at the middle of the night. So we basically got no sleep yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so the the day day we went on, this
0: is our first flight ever on Thai Airways.
1: It was actually a pretty good airline.
0: Yeah, it wasn't terrible. What did you think, Aiden?
2: Um, it was smooth as
0: silk. <laughs> okay.
2: That's their that's their uh, tagline. Uh,
0: yeah, it was smooth as silk. I don't know. I I thought that uh, there was never enough room in those economy class seats. And, it's um,
2: it's meant for a different sized person. Yeah. Uh, when we ever whenever we tried to like lay back even just a little bit, or maybe you know lean back with our chairs set up. Uh, our knees hit the seat in front of us and there's kind of no way around it other than to have your knee going out into the aisle and every five minutes somebody's passing and, then, and if it's a flight attendant they're like excuse me sir can you put it back in please, please yeah please. You,
0: you didn't really sleep at all no, and no I, I had a very hard time but today reading. you caught up on some sleep because you were uh, I, I saw you sleeping at like 10.30 in the morning Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah and I went to bed at 8 o'clock
0: yeah well it's good It's good that you can catch up on sleep like that. We are going to spend the next week at sea, basically. We're gonna to be touring coastal Japan on the Resolution. That's the name of our vessel. And uh, it is a beautiful vessel, but it is like a fish out of water because this is one of those icebreakers. I think that this is a repositioning cruise for it. if I'm not mistaken. It looks like it belongs in the Arctic, this yes, ship.
2: Yes, but it's warm here.
0: And it is, it's tropical today, and it will be for the entire the rest of the cruise. But it um, it's kind of strange seeing this uh, ship with an icebreaker front um, in tropical waters. It's a little bit unusual, but it is a beautiful ship. And uh, I have to say that they they do a lot of things very well here. We'll probably get to that in uh, next week's podcast. But they do a lot of things very very nicely. Uh, Lintblad is one of uh, the the more upscale uh, tour uh, cruise lines that uh, that does tours of places like coastal Japan. Um, so we'll have a lot to report. Uh, what do you guys like so far? The best about this ship?
2: Hmm, that's an interesting question. Well, I would say that I like the fact that it. it, it I mean that, that this is really a, uh, me liking the docks, but I like the fact that the docks are so close to everything. We've just been able to you know walk into town and enjoy ourselves. And- uh, get some food at 7-eleven.
0: For me the public areas are the best. They have uh, like these uh, observatories upstairs where you can look out and they're very clean and not a lot of passengers. It's like we've been on other cruises where it's overrun with people. Oh
1: yes, the German tourists, they love those public areas. Yes. They will take every last public area and it's supposed to be quiet. You go there because it's, oh it's quiet. And no, it's just
2: People talking with each other. It's like, the oh Germans. my goodness! I think that might be a um, uh, a result of this being a transitory cruise. It's
0: yeah. You're, you're thinking of repositioning. Repo- that's, yeah, that's a, repositioning cruise repositioning. Be- Re- repositioning, yes. a get- repositioning cruise. repositioning. Repositioning. Yes. Repositioning cruise. There you go. I knew you could do it.
2: <laughs> I like adding airy to the end of
0: things. It makes it more. It academic. makes it sound like I'm smart. Yeah.
2: And I I like the fact that it's it's a repositioning cruise. Yeah. Um, because. There's just not as many people here. People want to go to the Antarctic, or they want to go to... Iceland, uh, or They want to go to Alaska yeah. on a boat Alaska. like this. I
0: think this boat actually was in Alaska for a while. Yeah. And it so just got ship, back sorry. from Alaska. Yeah. Got, yeah.
2: And so when, when, you, when you look for icebreaker ships, you go for those areas. Japan, people aren't really looking for that uh, as much. So there's not as many people here, but it's been really nice. Yeah, the, they I did like two.
0: Uh, Lindblad did two coastal Japan cruises. The first one, which ran about two weeks ago, was sold out. This one here uh, is not as sold out. There are still some empty cabins. And I think the reason why is that mostly, most of the visitors come from the US, and school's starting up in a lot of places. So it's oh, really... Oh, that might be the reason, too. Yeah, I think that the, you, know, you can't really take the kids anymore.
2: Well, hey, guys, buy our tickets late.
0: Or put, put them in, uh, like, um, home school. Yeah. And just start traveling their kids. Hey, that's a great idea. Or just, just leave, them with their, <laughs> leave
2: them with, like, a, a relative...
0: Just leave them at home. Yeah. Yeah. Let them fend for themselves. That's right. Latchkey (laughs) kids. You're going to be a great dad someday, Aiden. Just know it.
2: Mm, Yes. Yes.
0: In our last podcast, (laughs) our question was, have you ever stayed in a hotel that wasn't a hotel? And the reason that we asked that question was that we were in a, we thought it was an Airbnb rental and it was, but it was also a hostel. Yeah. Hosted by Mr. Eddie. The legendary Mister Eddie, yep. who actually runs a review show—that's his uh, his full time job. Yeah, with the his, lady boys. Yep, um, very famous review show in Chiang Mai, and uh, we—I would say that we had all things considered a pretty positive experience.
2: We did not go to the review show, though. But that we did was not. Unfortunately,
0: no, we did not go to the review well, show. Well, unfortunate
2: for me. I, I know you didn't want to. Go. I was
0: going to ask mr eddie if he would cast you in the show <laughs> but i didn't want to embarrass I, I'd you i'd have to
2: grow uh my hair a little bit longer yeah that's, so you're that. getting
0: there you're getting there um and we had a lot of comments uh world curious says that many years ago we traveled to england scotland and amsterdam with our two daughters who are then nine and 14 and we spent one night in a family's home that was built as a castle stay near leeds it was a wonderful visit complete with a climb up to the tower from which we could see four miles. The pinnacle, however, was being awakened in the middle of the night during a huge rainstorm. As a side gig, the delightful couple raised pheasants. Wow. (laughs) Eileen says, I've stayed in the usual places, like hotels, castles, hostels, B&Bs, inns, resorts, etc. One time in Ireland, why is this always happening in England or Ireland? Um, something's going on in Ireland so we were staying at a B&B while visiting our parish priest from New Jersey I somehow broke this very cheap plastic toilet seat I embarrassingly apologized profusely to the owner and offered to pay for it he gave me a look and then said no because I was friends with quote the priest end quote who was treated like a local celebrity
2: wow so they like New Jerseyans in Ireland
0: the way to avoid breaking a uh, toilet seat is... you from New Jersey? Don't stand on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that because they are signs, literal signs, that you see in the bathrooms here... I um, say, don't stand. I say, don't stand. And I'm going, who's going to stand on a toilet if seat? If you've only
2: ever used a squat trail before, you know it makes total sense. Uh,
0: Sam says, uh, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a surprise location. It looked great on paper for a month's solo stay in Melbourne. Melbourne flat had uh, a nice interior security b- uh, building close to tram parks, so and, and the Melbourne markets. But it turns out it was I was surrounded on three sides by very active brothels ah! which are legal in Melbourne. Hey, I didn't know they were legal in Melbourne. Wow, I really missed out oh, when we were there. Dang, why'd you
2: tell me when we were there?
0: Geez, Sam, you should have let us know. Yeah. Um, and a, a shout out to our friend John who reached out to us because he lives in Chiang Mai and we met up with John and we had a really good time um, hanging out with him at the Starbucks right by the gate and he gave us the lowdown on Chiang Mai and what happens there. And um, I don't think we can reveal everything in this podcast. We're
2: very ashamed as Americans.
0: There are some very, very poorly behaved Americans it is true.
2: Very illegally behaved Americans. Yes. Yes.
0: But but not John. John. John is a really good guy, and we're proud to have him as a reader and as a listener of this podcast. Thank you, John, for meeting with us. We really enjoyed seeing you. Christine says, uh, this is, I guess, related to our stay in Chiang Mai. When you were there, did you happen to run across the New Life Center? We did not, but uh, we will try next time. We'll see if we can. Uh, this was... Uh, A a ministry that uh, she was involved with but we we didn't know we didn't but um uh, we uh, would love to get your comments for this next upcoming podcast we'll read them on next week's podcast the question is have you ever woken up in a hotel room and asked yourself where am i thanks so much for listening to the la confidential podcast We are reporting this week and next week from Japan and uh, from coastal Japan and we can't wait to tell you what we're going to do next. So we'll see you then. Bye bye.